the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Well. I've got a good show for you today. I've already put together some great ideas and done a couple segments. But more ahead, we're going to talk about what's going to outperform the market. Has the market run out of momentum? We're going to talk about Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. We're going to talk about what happened yesterday, what's going to happen today in the markets, and much, much more. Stay with me today. This is a good one. Um, Let's talk first and foremost. Yesterday was not a horrible day, but it was a down day. After eight up weeks on the NASDAQ and five up weeks on the S&P 500, they both started a holiday shortened week underperforming. NASDAQ was down 16 basis points. 100 basis points equals 1%. The S&P 500, so it was down less than one-fifth of a percent. The S&P 500 down 47 basis points, almost half a percentage point. They're both still having great years. Just not a great week so far. Elsewhere, Bitcoin was up big. We're going to talk about why Bitcoin and Ethereum were up. It's good news for the sector if you believe in Bitcoin and Ethereum. More on that in just a couple of moments. Um, Returning to work after a long weekend, always tough to do. Um, And yesterday just didn't work. But crypto bucked that trend. Um, After a crypto exchange backed by finance heavyweights Charles Schwab Fidelity and Citadel Securities said it was open for trading. We still need regulation and regulation could totally destroy crypto. But it's pretty clear that Bitcoin and Ethereum can survive, in my opinion, while the alternative coins, they could be trouble. I would avoid me personally. I don't like to lose money anytime, anywhere, ever, never, ever, never. So the names that I would stay away from um, are the smaller players like the Dogecoin. Litecoin, uh, Bitcoin Cash. So I'd rather you play with a bigger firm like a Schwab than a smaller firm like a Coinbase. BlackRock also, they're a big money manager. Uh, They filed an application with regulators to create a Bitcoin exchange traded fund. That's also another very positive note. Am I excited? I'm not. I still don't own any. I'm just trying to pass on the news to you who might. Would I put my whole retirement into it? I would not. I still haven't figured out a way of of transacting coins. Time's running out. Although there's a glimmer of hope, there's some banging noises at the bottom of the ocean close to the Titanic wreckage. Um, extreme, Extreme tourism is under microscope. So Ocean Gate's Titanic voyages are a part of a growing extreme tourism industry that ferries the uber wealthy to rarely explored places miles above, miles below. 
not always going to end with a champagne shower. Um, again, if you have to pay $250,000 for a really neat, unique experience, I think I could figure out a way to blow $250,000 in Asia or the African continent or Europe or North America right on sea level. But that's just me. I'm a big chicken. Bok, bok. Hunter Biden was charged by the DOJ yesterday. The president's son reached a deal with prosecutors in which he will plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges and enter what's known as a diversion program for illegal possession of a firearm. President Trump still under fire and his court date was set for early August on his keeping classified information. I don't think anyone's upset that he took the information. I think everyone's upset that he refused to return the information acting like a hoarder saying he needed to more time to take his golf shirts out of sensitive nuclear secret information. Um, the one lesson I want to pass on to you, this is not a Republican or Democrat lesson. Do not mess with the government. Do not mess with the government. They don't get paid enough to take your poop. Um, just my opinion. Just my opinion. I know you're saying thank you very much for that advice, Rob. Martha Stewart learned the hard way. She thought, oh, my name's going to get me out of this one. You know, she's 80 years old. That's pretty crazy. A trucking company is telling gamers to take it outside. A company called Schneider National is looking to hire drivers. It's placed in-game billboard ads in truck simulating video games. So there's a truck video game simulator called American Truck Simulator. It lets players load, drive, and park 18-wheelers in excruciating detail. The game penalizes you when you break road rules and even simulates different types of transmissions. It's pretty cool. Um, so I'm throwing that out there for you as um, maybe it's something you want to think about as a big theme of your kids playing video games. Maybe not the worst thing in the world. Now, keep in mind the United States military published a first-person shooter game for over two decades called America's Army to reach future soldiers before shutting it down last year. An MIT study in 2008 found that the game was an Army's most positively impact advertising tool at the time. That's crazy. Let's move on to other stories out there. Um, there's an investigation into the Olympic Committee in France. Shocker. It's the third straight Olympics that have been marred with this kind of um, accusation. Tickets to see Lionel Messi's potential debut for Inter Miami next month are averaging $2,600 on SeatGeek. That's the same price for a resale ticket to Taylor Swift era's tour in the nosebleeds. Let's keep moving on to today's headlines. Um, Jay Powell is going to have some testimony today in front of Congress. FedEx topped fiscal estimates on weaker than expected revenue, said the demand backdrop is likely to pursue uh, pressure sales growth. So they're saying there's a demand drop, i.e. a slowing economy. FedEx is a good indicator that things are about to slow down a little bit more. Tesla was downgraded to equal weight from overweight, saying at Barclays that it thinks it's prudent to move to the sidelines after the stock's huge rally. President Biden called Chinese President Xi a dictator in a fundraising speech. That is not going to be well received in China. If I were to have a positive wish for either Republican or Democrats, it's try to work with China, try to get a working relationship that's fair. 
but Biden's not taking nonsense. Um, China obviously said it's a public political provocation. And uh, we just sent Blinken over to like calm things down. And Biden let that sit for about 24 hours before turning it over that teapot. UK reported hotter than expected CPI and uh, core CPI data for May. Fueling the speculation the Bank of England could raise its interest rates by 50 basis points this week, i.e. slowing down the economy in the future. Big event coming up this weekend in San Carlos. It's a Pinesing portfolio. It's my favorite new event. Um, it's going to take about a year or two to catch on, but I like them. Um, it's a situation where you get a free portfolio review, basically taking a look at things that might be missing in your portfolio after you've gotten 500000 You're heading towards retirement. You're probably 50 years plus. Um, you can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. It's at a brewery in San Carlos. And um, basically, you submit some answers to some questions. And then uh, if you want the free portfolio review, we're not going to do it there because there's alcohol involved. Space is incredibly limited. But we'll give you a link so that you can upload your documents. And uh, then CFP Ryan Ignacio, who you will meet at Pints and Portfolios on Sunday, 1 to 4. He'll set up a Zoom call with you, 30 minutes, uh, complimentary. It's really going to be a useful tool for people. I hope you take advantage of it. And it's my way of getting to meet you and buy you a beer for all the times. Um, I've asked you to buy me a beer for advice. That's kind of funny, I think. You can find out more at robblackshow.com. It's Sunday, 1 to 4 in San Carlos. Join Rob Black in San Carlos Sunday, June 25th for Pints and Portfolios, a less formal event at a local watering hole for those close to retirement with 500000 or more in investable assets. Drop by Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4 for a little sunshine, some financial chit-chat, and a complimentary portfolio review or financial snapshot from Ryan Ignacio, CFP from EP Wealth Advisors. Whether you're on the road to retirement or already there, this financial snapshot can provide you with a second opinion analysis of where you are and highlight areas for improvement and opportunities for growth. Go to robblackshow.com and click the Events tab. Find Pints and Portfolios and click to register. You'll answer a few simple questions about your situation, and your confirmation email will provide all the details on the event and how to schedule your portfolio review. Space is limited and registration is required, so go to robblackshow.com today. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I teased this concept a little bit earlier has momentum started to run out of the markets? It's a really good question to ask, in my opinion. Eight up weeks on the NASDAQ. An amazing year in the NASDAQ, up over 30%. Five up weeks in the S&P 500. Um, S&P 500, that's up 12 plus percent for the year. I don't expect the S&P 500 to go up 24%, nor do I expect the NASDAQ to go up 60 So I think some momentum needs to come out. If I were a betting man, and I am not a betting man, I would say the Russell 2000, the Wilshire 5000, more diversified uh, collections of stocks look more interesting to me right now. As far as upside goes. Couple other things to start thinking about is is the momentum over? I don't think so. When the market has momentum like it's had, the best thing investors can do is simply ride the wave. Now, my thought here is 
maybe we want to be wise and take some profits and some big names like NVIDIA, which I bought last year and I'm up 180% this year. That's not an audited number. It's probably not even, it's probably like 140. But the stock in the last 52 weeks after it bottomed has really caught quite a nice run. But should you take half off? Will stock go lower in the next year? Or will AI power it higher and higher and higher? Good questions. Um, When volatility is down, narrow market breadth has returned as a small group of big tech stocks pushes the S&P 500 higher on back of that AI excitement. As a result, the NASDAQ 100 has risen 38% this year, more than doubling the S&P 500's 14% gain. Um, A couple things that I would start considering is don't be complacent. If you have some gains, you may want to reshuffle them a little bit. Keep an eye on jobless claims. If they rise to over 300,000 a week and they stay there, that is ultimately a sign that we're going to have a recession. The narrowness of the market, particularly excluding excluding small caps and banks, they're falling behind the rest of the market. That could be what's considered a capitulation of the shorts. And that would ultimately be, be a good thing when they start to buy. Just throwing it down there for you. Um, I think the Fed's next move is to signal that they're done or potentially raise one more time, then signal that they're done. So sometime in the next three to four months, I think they're going to say the words, we're done. After that, I think the next move is lower. And that will stimulate the economy and the market rally can continue. Sometimes you need multiple catalysts along the way. AI could have been the first catalyst. Interest rate cuts could be a second catalyst. You get the idea. Policy by the government could be. Well, I don't think the government's doing much these days. So I'm well positioned for where I want to be. I don't know if you are or not. Um, Some names that could be interesting that I'm not going to buy, but you might. Royal Caribbean. That stock's at a 52-week high. How do you feel about that? If you're expecting the economy to not go into recession, and the cruise lines get two years of bookings behind them, there could be room. United Airlines, same exact thing. Southwest Airlines, same exact thing. Some other names that I'm looking at. Um, I got to be careful on this one because I'm not trying to give you a list of things to buy. For instance, I would not buy this one. I'm cautioning you don't. But First Citizens Bank shares, if if you expect the economy to not go down the tank and for the Fed to stop raising interest rates and breaking things like it broke with Silicon Valley Bank, then you could look at a regional bank. Google or Alphabet, I think, is still a long-term winner based on 1 billion searches a day. Um, And YouTube will benefit if the economy does not go into a recession as businesses try to get your eyeballs. And where are your eyeballs? They're on very few places. They're not on network TV. So uh, I think Google's well-positioned. Plus, they got that AI play as well. I listened to an interview yesterday with CEO uh, Alphabet, and he just does not 
he does not light my my imagination when he talks. But I like his company. Um, Eli Lilly, they've got some of those uh, diabetes drugs that also get you to lose 20% of your body weight. Pretty amazing. I may jump on those because I've gained a little bit of weight in the last year. Um, but I started running a couple weeks ago, so I'm going to see if I can't stimulate my body with that first and foremost. Um, but that's how I play the economy right now. The stock market, I would play. It doesn't look like a hard landing. And the Fed's probably closer to done. And you saw what happened when the Fed raised interest rates aggressively. The stock market's got punished aggressively. And the exact top app opposite happens when they stop. People go, okay, now we can start you know, budgeting companies. And the next move is probably going to be lower. If not this move, one more move up, maybe. Um, again, a lot's going to depend on the consumer price inflation reading that comes out in early July. Uh, Jerome Powell is talking to Congress today. Some of the things that he's talking about, inflation remains well above the longer Run goal of 2% over the 12 months ending in April. Total personal consumption expenditures rose 4.4%. Inflation is moderate somewhat since the middle of last year. Nonetheless, inflation pressures continue to run high. That's what he's saying. Um, He says reducing inflation is likely going to require a period of below trend growth and some softening of the labor market conditions. Restoring price stability is essential to set the stage for achieving maximum employment and stable prices over the long term. I do like Jerome Powell. You know, we may not agree with 75 basis points or 25 basis points or not telling us exactly what to expect. But I think he does a really nice job of communicating kind of where you are. Amazon says Prime Day will run July 11th and 12th this year. That's interesting. Kind of. I'm not too excited by that one. Um, I don't need anything. And that'll be a good tell, though. um, July 11th and 12th on how spending is. Will it be the greatest Amazon Prime Day ever? Target is doing everything they can to get your goods to you in one day. That's their shtick right now. Um, Overnight, can they pull it off? They've announced the biggest sale of the season, July 9th through 15th. So they're extending it for five, six days longer than Prime Day. Ooh, it's going to be a fight. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, but Rob Black Show, I'm Rob Black. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. This is a fun show for me today. Thanks for letting me do it. Thanks for coming out to the event Sunday, one to four, Pints and Portfolio in San Mateo County, in San Carlos, my old hometown before I moved to Marin for my final schooling year. Um, Just a better school system is what it came down to. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Lots to deal with. We have Fed testimony today, so let's bring in our guest from briefing.com. How are you, sir? Hey, Rob. Doing fine. Thank you. Nice to be back with you. So, Patrick, what do you think of Jerome Powell talking today? Can we learn anything from this? Um, not really. <laughs> I don't think, and I say that respectfully in that, you know, we just heard from the Fed chair a week ago yep. following the FOMC decision, and I think he, you know, he largely previewed then a lot of what, you know, he's going to reiterate today. So, 
Uh, so it doesn't <clears throat> set up at least going into the testimony as as a you know something that should generate a lot of surprise from market participants. And then even some of the headlines that we're seeing run this morning from his prepared remarks again kind of you know uh, reiterate what was said last week. Just you know how uh, nearly all participants think there's still going to be you know a need for further <clears throat> rate hikes, additional rate hikes. Before you know, for the end of the year, that's still in place. You know, inflation improving, but still has a long way to go. Um, so thus far, uh, no real surprises. Uh, and I think you can kind of see that also reflected in, in the market action itself. I'm trying to build an on-air thesis, and you do not have to give a solid opinion. Just tell me if I'm thinking the right way. Um, the big tech stocks, the five of them, the Amazons, the Microsofts, the Alphabets, the Teslas, the Apples have done a great job lifting the Nasdaq up over 32 to 35% roughly, uh, whether you're looking at the Nasdaq or the Nasdaq 100. For us to get another leg up in the market for the S&P 500, and it's having a great year, and we're halfway done through the year, um, for us to get another leg up, maybe it's like three months down the road where the Fed says, okay, we're done. We see inflation coming in and where it is probably interest rate cuts in the next one to two years after that for the market to widen out. Does it need something like interest rate cuts um, or maybe the recession's not going to happen and we could start supporting the Russell 2000, the Wilshire 5000 kind of companies. Um, am I, Thinking of a good thesis, can give me a grade A through A through F, and think, you can fail. Yeah, you can I, fail me, Professor. No, no, no. I think you've got a passing grade there, Rob, in, in the way that you are thinking. And I think it, it's probably more of the latter. I don't think that the market doesn't necessarily need the Fed to cut rates, right? But it could do well if it knows that the Fed is done raising rates, and it continues to see the economy hold up reasonably well. Uh, you know, thereby supporting kind of the idea that earnings will hold up well. And then, you know, it will, you know, keep in the back of its mind that uh, that there is a rate cut possibility down the road. And, and that just kind of provides this, you know, underlying support. So, you know, we uh, you correctly allude to the fact that these mega cap stocks have just been powerhouses uh, this year and are the you know, they are the primary engine uh, that has been driving the, the market cap weighted S&P 500. Um, the equal weight S&P 500 not doing as well, but still up about 4% for the year. Uh, but you would see, I, I believe that you're right, and that we would see a broadening out of the participation in the market uh, should, you know, the Fed just kind of hang where it is and economic activity continues to run in a growth mode. Uh, it might, it's likely to be a slower, low growth mode, but still in a growth mode. It just kind of, um, you know, uh, you know, when market persons don't have to guess at what's coming, uh, you see less volatility. I think you see a steadier performance. So you might not get the same, you know, uh, powerful upside that we've seen early this year in a scenario like that. Returns could be more moderate. But nonetheless, still moving with a you know a bullish-minded bias. That means a lot to me that I got a passing grade, and it's going to put a smile on my face all day today. Um, let's move to your page one at briefing.com, Mr. O'Hare. You mentioned today, um, you talked about FedEx's numbers, and if I were to sum up, they were good. They weren't great. They were kind of eh, maybe on the downside a little bit, a little depressing about the short-term future. Um, do you look at 
stocks like FedEx and UPS to tell us how the economy is faring because they transport goods to us, so to speak, and uh, they, they conduct the commerce for us. They, they bring it to us. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, in, in the case of those names, they are, you know, good barometers of what's happening, you know, in the big picture. Um, you know, FedEx in its case, uh, it, it sounded not unlike what we're hearing from, you know, a good number of companies, right? That, you know, demand is moderating or somewhat weak, uh, but uh, they're finding ways to cut costs to protect profit margins. And, uh, you know, the market is ultimately supported by earnings. And so even though demand's on the weaker side, profits are holding up and therefore, you know, stock prices hold up reasonably well, too. Um, but you, know, you do have to pay attention, uh, certainly, to names like this uh, when they talk about a demand slowdown. Uh, because if they also lose some pricing power, which it doesn't sound as if FedEx is losing pricing power, um, you know, if they lose some pricing power in that context, then it could be more challenging to, you know, uh, maintain these profit margins. And so that's what will be key here, um, you know, in coming months. And the reason, you know, many companies have been able to you know, maintain pricing power, probably much to the Fed's chagrin, uh, is that you still have a really strong labor market. You know, many people still gainfully employed, um, actually seeing growth in real earnings, which helps drive, uh, you know, uh, ongoing uh, discretionary spending activity. Uh, it leaves them with more disposable income. Um, and, and that kind of just, you know, is why I think the market, or excuse me, the economy, you know, certainly continues to skirt the, the whole recession view. Uh, and even just yesterday, we saw the Atlanta Fed GDP Now model uh, with an uptick in the uh, Q2 GDP forecast to 1.9% from 1.8%. doesn't sound like a lot, but, uh, but that's certainly better than I think most people would have expected at this point, given that the Fed has you know, brought its uh, Fed funds rate up 500 basis points in the span of about 15 months. You... Uh brought up it kind of brought a sigh out for me today in your page one column you talked about president biden calling president biden calling chinese president g a dictator in a fundraising speech and i went "Ooh, that can't be good uh do we need a healthy china usa relationship even though historically they've taken more from the relationship than they've given to us or can we live without this relationship being mended well, I think, you know, I think the U.S. can live without the relationship, um, economically speaking, but we might have to just grow accustomed to perhaps a higher price deck in a lot of goods uh, that we see than we've normally been accustomed to seeing as we, right. you know, see some deglobalization, although there is a move to, you know, try to uh, resource, you know, those manufacturing facilities to other low-cost countries. But, uh, but obviously, the I think the... Uh, the manufacturing hub of China uh, has helped facilitate a low period of inflation for a long time, but obviously that's been uh, disrupted here after COVID and certainly with other things going on now, the increased geopolitical rancor between the U.S. and China. So ideally, you would like to see things calm down politically uh, to help uh, improve the, the overall economic outlook. But I think we've seen even thus far, certainly in this year, that you know, the U.S. economy can still do well um, without things being uh, 
peachy keen, so to speak, uh, in terms of geopolitical relations there. We have about two minutes left. You can either sing a song or talk out loud some thoughts that you're thinking about, um, about the economy, about stock market. Time is yours. Where do we go with this, Mr. O'Hare? Right. Well, I won't give myself a passing grade on, on singing, so I'm going to hold off Enough. on that. So instead, uh, you know, one of the things I think that uh, we can look forward to, if you will, or certainly what the market seems to be looking forward to is is uh, fiscal, uh, excuse me, is 2024. Uh, I think we're now at a point here where the market is kind of celebrating a new earnings year in a way, um, because 2024, that outlook uh, currently projects uh, earnings growth of about 12% for the S&P 500 over 2023. And now we're, you know, we're moving into the back half of 2023 and markets tend to look forward about six months or so down the road. And that obviously would get us to the end of this year. But you know, this is an opportunistic market that is sniffing the possibility of the Fed being done raising interest rates uh, and uh, maybe even breathing a sigh of relief or has been breathing a sigh of relief that the economy has held up as well as it has uh, and that we haven't seen any pronounced impact from the lag effect of prior rate hikes yet. There will be some impact. I think that that's inevitable. But with where earnings estimates are for 2024, I think this market's holding on to something that uh, will be an underlying source of support here as it looks to double-digit earnings growth um, next year while we're still dealing with a little bit of earnings challenges here in 2023. Thanks very much. I'm going to let you off there a minute early. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com, a reliable source of international and domestic news. I use it every single day. The page one is my starting point. Um, and in the end of the week, his big picture column, it is a website that has a lot of information. You can punch in your portfolios. You can look at economic calendars. You can get some perspective on the economy. Uh, I like it. Uh, they do something tied towards uh, the next hot new issue, i.e. the IPO market and the even great IPOs. You can learn more at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. I'd like to see you at my event this Sunday, one to four in San Carlos, San Mateo County. It's a pints and portfolio. It's a complimentary portfolio review of meet 500,000. It will help you. I promise you can sign up for it. It's Sunday, one to four. Sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I try not to take shots at others on the show. Sometimes I do it because I have an immaturity streak. Um... And I want to show people that I'm right. It's something that goes back to my childhood and wanting to please my dad. Uh, with that said, I got an email where someone recently was touting and he was like, he loves this guy on the radio. It's not me. I was like, you should just Google his name. You'll find out that he's being sued because he's told people that there's a company that will pay off your t- uh, will help you out of your timeshares. And it turns out it's not fraud, but it's very problematic. So there's a class action lawsuit going against him there. Um, I think the guy has a problem with his unhelpful views on debt. I think he gives terrible advice on investing. He talks about active mutual funds versus index funds. Index funds are the way to go more often than not for most people. Active is a way for him to get a, a, a fee, a cut. 
um, from you when you put money with that manager or his associate gets the fee of the cut and his associate pays him for bringing him the lead. It's terrible advice. Um, there's something called financial shame, which I think is a shame-based approach to financial advice that makes people worse off. This whole approach is based on condescending to listeners for their money habits and their failures. Many of the people coming to him in, are in financial broken places. They're stuck in the drowning in debt. He ultimately has a program where he helps people. He helps churches raise money by implementing a financial program within the church. Um, and the goal is marketing to the church as they'll have more money to give you. Um, I don't like that. He runs a toxic workplace. He discriminates. Um, he tolerates little dissent from his personal beliefs. Um, I just don't think that's appropriate. And all of it's documentable. I just be careful because there's a lot of gurus out there. There's a lot of Buddhas. Oh, and for the and last thing, he doesn't have a, a financial certification like a CFP. Um, I'm asking you to be cautious. Spend a little bit more time. This is important to get you to retirement. 25 years ago, I came up with an idea like, say, um, come up with 20 things that define you. Like, I use credit card rewards, but I don't carry a credit card balance. That's one of 20. Ding, 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 ding. You can do this. I know you can. Um, and yes, you could take one or two from me. And yes, you could take one or two from someone else. They don't all have to be truisms. Uh, for the record, uh, my logic teacher in college, he called me the most brilliant student he ever had in logic, <laughs> which was really freaky for me because I didn't know I had that skill. Um, and that was fun. That was fun. Um, here's an interesting thought. Let's change topics. 3M's juicy dividend may well get cut. And for the record, I'm not knocking that guy. If you want to listen to him, listen to him. I'm just telling you. I'm going to be better off than you and my listeners are going to be better off than you. And it's just, I'm being braggadocious. I'm not going to say his name. 3M's juicy dividend make a cut. Listen to this crazy thing. 3M has paid a dividend for more than a hundred years. The company is over a hundred years old. Uh, it's raised its dividend each year in the last 60 years. It is considered a noble aristocrat. Um, you could take a look at a ProShares S&P 500 dividend or cat exchange traded fund and just look at it for the quality of names in it. These are companies that have been paying dividends that yields average less than 2%, but they continue to raise the dividends for 25 years, 25 consecutive years, and you're noble. Apple's not there yet, but they'll get there, I think. 3M's best days of growth are behind them. Now, here's the interesting thing. It looks like 3M's dividend may get cut. So I would not be buying the stock at this point in time. Psychologically, that's going to be damaging for a lot of shareholders. Like when Disney, um, they took the dividend away because they wanted to put more money into the pandemic and into streaming. That pissed me off. Um, widows and, and orphans, it's considered a widows and orphan stock because you can't make mistakes. You have to continue to pay that dividend. They're counting on you. They can't go get a job. Although I know many widows who have jobs. But right now, 3M's got a legal issue. It's trading at just 11 times earnings. So this is really close. Um, 
they have some legal problems that the board of directors are going to have to say, what are we going to do with this dividend thing? Do we pay out less so we can pour more into um, the law cases? A dividend cut could come when 3M completes the spinoff of its healthcare business, which is slated for the end of 2023. That'll be a challenging time. So there's a lot going on here. But two of their legal issues, one is tied towards accusations that they sold faulty earplugs to the military. But there's also another legal concern out there because they sell some forever chemicals, technically known as uh, polyfluoroacyl. I think I got that right. Substances or PFAs, as I like to call them. EPAs designated as hazardous substances in April due to their potential to cause cancer and other health issues. Um, so there's going to be a legal fight there. And a lot of analysts think they're going to have to cut their dividend. So I don't want to be a part of it. I hope that helps you with how I think. Um, I don't know if it does or doesn't. I'm just trying to be helpful. Uh, taking a look at the markets today. It is a reaction that the Fed is speaking before the House Financial Subcommittee. That's probably the big story out there. Weakness in mega cap stocks. Uh, lingering since the market is due for some consolidation after eight straight weeks up on the NASDAQ and five straight weeks up on the S&P 500. It is due for some underperformance. Uh, the NASDAQ's down 1.2%. The Dow's down one-fifth of 1%. The S&P 500's down one-half of a percent. Good news, the Russell 2000 is only down 20 basis points. So it, it seems to be punishing the bigger boys and not punishing everyone out there. You can find me online at Red Black Show. Big event coming up in San Carlos Sunday, 1 to 4, Pints and Portfolios. For those of you closing in on retirement who want a good second opinion, learn more Sunday, 1 to 4, San Carlos, and the location at robblackshow.com. Join Rob Black in San Carlos Sunday, June 25th for Pints and Portfolios, a less formal event at a local watering hole for those close to retirement with 500000 or more in investable assets. Drop by Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4 for a little sunshine, some financial chit-chat, and a complimentary portfolio review or financial snapshot from Ryan Ignacio, CFP from EP Wealth Advisors. Whether you're on the road to retirement or already there, this financial snapshot can provide you with a second opinion analysis of where you are and highlight areas for improvement and opportunities for growth. Go to robblackshow.com and click the events tab. Find Pints and Portfolios and click to register. You'll answer a few simple questions about your situation and your confirmation email will provide all the details on the event and how to schedule your portfolio review. Space is limited and registration is required, so go to robblackshow.com today. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.